because I was always a you know whopping 91, 92 pounds. I wanted to gain muscle, so to me, all I cared about was heavy lifting. So. I wanted to be that badass little girl in the gym that curls like 35, 40 pound dumbbells. I'm also very competitive and I always wanted to squat like a really big number. So on social media, when I saw powerlifting was a thing, I hopped on that really quick. Hey, welcome back and happy new year. I decided to hold off on the podcast until 2019. So here we are. Today's guest is Tiffany Nugent or something. (laughs) Just kidding. It's Tiffany Wen. Uh, whom you may know by her IG handle, Lift Like Tiff. She's a weird, petite Vietnamese girl that's into powerlifting and stuff. She's a 47 kg powerlifter that can deadlift 300 pounds. You know, no big deal. A little bit of background. Tiff and I met a little over a year ago, I think. Uh, I was like, hey, you're weird. I'm weird. Let's be friends. And the rest was history. (laughs) On a more serious note, I want to have Tiff on to discuss her upbringing. I also wanted to discuss interracial dating since she's an Asian girl that's dating an African-American. And I come from an interracial family myself, my mom being Chinese. So there was a lot I could resonate with. Anyways, let's get into this interview with Tiffany Nguyen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Esoteric Anomalies podcast. Today's guest is Tiffany Wynn. <laughs> Hello. Tiffany, what are you doing in my house? Um, I am here to talk to you about being in an interracial relationship and also just talk about fitness. But you were making fun of my shoes earlier. <laughs> so yeah. Tiffany apparently has this like crazy shoe collection. Like she rented out an apartment to keep all her <laughs> shoes in. And I only have like three pairs of shoes. So Yeah, our whole closet is just filled with shoes. Huh. And you're over here, no shoe mat, no shoe rack, just three pairs of shoes. I'm a simple person, okay? <laughs> hey, that's okay. So let's, let's get into, um, where'd you come up with your, your social media handle, Lift Like Tiff? Oh, I wanted to come up with the hashtag Lifting With Tiff because I was like, oh, it rhymes. Because at the moment, my name was like Tiffany and Fit, like the generic fitness mm-hmm. name. And I was like, okay, Lifting With Tiff, like Lift like tip i was like oh well everyone wants to be strong you know and everyone's like you're so little how can you be so strong so i just came up with lift like tip okay i guess we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit but i want to get into your your background like where you grew up and eventually like how you got into powerlifting mm-hmm. well i'm born and raised houston texas i've been here basically my whole life With that, I went to school in Stafford, and that was like a really, really rough time in life because it it was a very not well-off school. I would say it was a very bad school. So my parents slowly transitioned to Sugarland, and that's when I went to Kempner High School. And with that, like, I got to witness like a whole bunch of diversity in the school because the school I was going to it was just all like African Americans, Hispanics, strictly. And I was like one of the five Asians that were there. So. With that, like I hated my parents for that. And it was, but it ended up being really amazing because I met amazing people. And, you know, a couple of my friends from the old school I went to, they're not in a very good spot (laughs) with having kids and everything now. So I'm just like, ooh, I'm glad I got out of that. Were there gangs at your old school? Yes, a lot. And that's why my parents tried to like get me out of that school as fast as they could. Let's talk about... Your upbringing, I'm kind of aware of the Asian side, mm-hmm. but I want to like know your experience like growing up, like were they very strict? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So my dad is the one that's very old school. My mom always tries to stick up for me. So growing up, I was never allowed to go out 
if I wanted to play out, like even if I wanted to play outside, like out, it would be in my backyard. Like I wouldn't be able to play with the neighbors. Also, I never got to spend the night at a friend's house, never got to go to any birthday parties. Even whenever I turned 18, um, my curfew was 1030. What was the idea behind that? Well, my dad always told me, don't hang around wherever you are. Don't hang around. He just kept saying, don't hang around. And I never understood that. But what he really meant was, I don't want you hanging around places where there's bad people you know, people who are not a good influence, they're like, you know, you're going to end up just like them. Because you have to remember, the school I went to, there was nothing but gangs. Mm -hmm. So that was his thing all the time. Like, he didn't want me seeing that or getting into any of that. Right, but you shifted over to, like, another school, and it was, like, still the same thing? (laughs) Um, No, it was not. It was was so different. Whenever I switched to uh, Kempner, my parents put me in sports. So, But I also wanted to do it as well. So I joined track and field. And um, I did that for my sophomore, junior and senior year. And then even with them, like going to practice, they didn't want me staying after school at all. Like they were like you like the extracurricular activity to them was you could be at home studying and doing homework like you need to be more in the books. And that's also why I couldn't go out as much. It was either, you know, did you do your homework? Did you study? Made sure like I aced everything in every single class. But that's why they always did that. They always wanted me to focus with school. And in college, they didn't even want me having a job in college. Like college to them was you need to really be in the books because this is what you're going to school for for your future career. So with them, they were just like, we'll take care of everything, whatever you need, food, gas, we pay for everything, just focus on school. Yeah, I guess it was kind of the same way with my mom. We couldn't do sleepovers until we were like 12 or 13. That was one thing. Uh, At least you got a sleepover, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And then piano lessons when we were like six. I don't know if you guys did that too. I did kung fu. Kung fu. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) But did you? Yeah, but did you want to do piano? At the time, I didn't. And then later, I picked up like another instrument. But piano... Or violin is more of like the the Asian thing. Yes, you know what I'm talking yes. about? But, but wait, wait, you, actually, talk about your kung fu background. Oh bring that up because I, I really want to talk about that. <laughs> okay, How long so, did you do kung fu? Um, for six years. Six years. Yeah, and then I started doing it competitive. Have you ever used it to like whoop ass? No. No? No. But that was their thing to put me in there so I know self-defense. Well, let's say if you were getting like robbed. I like would totally not... <laughs> Would you I break would out totally the not bust out my kung fu moves. No. Oh, what would you do then? Pepper spray? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. I don't know. I would think of something. My first thoughts always is like hit him in the nuts. Okay. <laughs> and just go with that. But no, I would. All the kung fu moves that I learned, we never got to use it against like each other. They were just like teaching us like basic movements. And then came like, they gave us like this, this whole stuff that we had to learn mm-hmm. how to like do different tricks with i don't know it was wild yeah uh, and then idea? and then after that was like you learn how to do the sword and okay. i never wanted to do that so i never got into oh, that so you never got to use the sword no Ooh. i was only 10 oh gotcha <laughs> yeah that would have been lethal for a 10 year old yeah i was only 10 like i was already afraid of that like stick that we had to work with whose idea was it to get you into that um 
my dad because I had a cousin three years younger than me and um, he goes every day to practice and he was like, okay, well, maybe if we put, you know, you and your little sister in it, we, they can all carpool together. So Was it used as like self-defense because you're growing up in a rough neighborhood? No, it's just also to just give me something to do as if like with me learning something as well. Like to say, like if I wanted to go, let's see a activity because they're not OK with me doing powerlifting because that's to them. That's like you're not learning anything Even in your now? lifetime. Yes. Like even after my first competition, my dad came out and that meant the world to me. Um, That was I get really emotional because my parents doesn't really show like affection when it comes to love. And that day after the competition, he gave me a kiss on the forehead and he was like, good job. And I was like, oh, my God, like my parents are finally like seeing that I love this sport and they're supportive. Definitely not. I came home and he was just like, you're going to break your back one day doing that. I'm showing all my friends and they're saying how small you are. You shouldn't be lifting all this weight. Yeah. So it was just like a whole bunch of back and forth. Like, okay, cool. I thought you had my back and now you don't. Yeah. I go home to see my mom. She's like, why are you so big? It's like, it's useless. (laughs) Like after a certain point. Why do you want to be that big? Right. Exactly. And so I guess for you, it's like, why do you want to lift that much weight? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they don't understand it. But then they started seeing how um, I'm getting like sponsorships out of it. And I'm actually like good. And they see that I love what I do. They're okay with it now. They haven't told me they haven't said anything or brought anything up in like a year or so. I mean, you're making a living off of it now, right? Right. Yeah. So what what do you do as like a, a full time job? I do online coaching. So anywhere from you wanting to gain weight to lose weight. Also, I did do a lot of powerlifting programs as well. Okay, but you don't do that anymore. No, people aren't serious about it like I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tough. Like people who, I don't want to say not everyone has the same mindset as you. Maybe they don't know how tough it is before going into before it. Before going into it, they think it's going to be easy because... And you do have to like follow the plan with the powerlifting right. program, right? And I get that you might think it's easy because you have a coach to guide you, but I'm here to like help you through things, but it's mainly you that have... I can't stand there with you at the gym and like get you to lift up, lift the weight up and mm-hmm. do the work that I tell you to do. You know what I mean? Like, What would you say like was the major problem with that? Would they just not go to the gym or would they just kind of go rogue and do their own weight they would not put it as a priority when it comes to school i understand if you have to study i understand but it came to like a whole bunch of when tracking their macros is what drove me nuts like oh like i i felt really fatigued today so i ate you know two cheeseburgers and it's just like okay girlfriend like Mm. you could have gone another route rather than two cheeseburgers but i really wanted it like but do you want to see the results that you want, which is why you came to me? Exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing with physique coaching. We were actually talking about this. You know, some people, they get stressed out. And they're like, I, I just indulged. Mm-hmm. But I'm disappointed that I didn't lose weight this week. Yes. I'm like, but you just said you overate. So what am I supposed to say to you? <laughs> yeah, like, it's tough. Like, the job is very rewarding. It really is. But whenever they don't want to follow the guidelines, it's like, I can only help you so much. Right, exactly. How'd you get into powerlifting? What did you go to school for? And how that, like transition over to powerlifting well okay so I always wanted to be a nurse (laughs) um because I always thought you know if you didn't know what to do be a nurse because that's what all women are and also my parents expected me to pick a career that was in the health field so after nursing I was like okay 
when I saw the list of all the classes I had to take and all the math I had to take, I was like, okay, I suck at math. This is not, this is, this is not a good idea. So being Asian and sucking at math, like who am I, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like decent at math. <laughs> no, I sucked at math so bad. So I went another route. Were you disgraced um, your family? <laughs> yes, my family. <laughs> So I went a different route and um, I chose dental hygiene. So I took all my basic classes for dental hygiene and I got put on a waiting list at one of the schools that I applied to. So with being on the waiting list, I was like, what am I going to do? you know, with my life while I wait to get into school. So I was like, all right, let me just go this other route and do dental assisting. So I went to school for that, which was like a year and a half. After that, I worked at a pediatric office for a year, still waiting to get into the school. And during that time, I found out I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in my hands. And with that and being in the dental field, it's very tedious you have to be really careful because you're in a patient's mouth Mm -hmm. it's you know their life that you're risking exactly so i try to stick it out as long as i could with dental assisting but like with mixing and like the flossing in people's mouths my hands just couldn't take it anymore like it would cramp up it would get really sore so after that i had to you know break it to my parents that i don't think i can be in this dental field any longer and my mom and my dad were pissed. They were pissed. They're like, well, you spent all this money. What are you going to do now? Like, we expected you to do something in the medical field. Because, you know, all they want from you is for you to be well off in the future. Yeah. They they want you to be okay. They want you to be... They don't, they don't want you to depend on them. And my parents have never raised me and my little sister to depend on them so with that like I had to find a different route and everything and I, I loved powerlifting, so I got into coaching it was sort of like the same thing for me when I got into college I took all my prereqs for nursing oh. and I ended up going to x-ray school and I stayed in x-ray school for a month and I was I, like I don't like the hospitals yeah that was my second thing like that's what I wanted to do after x-ray tech mm-hmm. yeah and like I get it it's okay I mean, it's a safe route, especially with nursing, but just working in the hospital setting, I like, <laughs> it, I had like no time to do anything else. Oh, like, yeah. I really liked playing music and I really liked, you know, weightlifting, but there's just like no freedom. I was like, I can't see myself doing this for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, the different hours and everything. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have like flexible hours unless you've been working with them for a couple years. Right. I think nurses work like 12-hour shifts. God, yes. What, four, four times a week yes. or something? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is just a little too much. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're like a caring person, uh, maybe that's the feel for you. But yes. if you like to lift heavy stuff, go into online coaching for physique and yeah. um, competitive athletes. Yeah. But isn't it so crazy how life just works out that way? Like you really go through a whole bunch of bumps in the road to finally find your groove. Was it pretty rough for you? Yeah, because my I, it's not like I could have gone to my parents to talk about all of this because they're not understanding of it whenever it comes to like college, you know. Um, so I was just testing everything out on my own, like, you know, trying to figure out myself, like what is going to be best for me, which was the hardest thing. You know, if my parents were real easy to talk to, that would be really different because they would have helped me along the way. So who did you rely on when you had to like talk about this and sort of like go on this 
road that was myself and that's why it was really hard like Mm -hmm. i didn't have a lot of friends um like i did whenever i went to stafford but when i once i switched schools i had i no longer talked to anybody and i never really made friends which is why i also got into track to mainly make friends but other than that like i still don't you know associate with anyone from high school like the only friends that i have is like from the gym <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what interestingly enough i'm sort of like the same way there's probably like two people in high school that i actually keep up with everybody else just kind of like it's odd when once they saw that i was doing well they almost didn't want to like associate with me anymore is it it's different it's different for me hmm. now that they see that i'm doing well everyone's just like oh my God, you want to go grab lunch? And I'm just like, I barely talked to you in high school. No, I get that like a little bit, but there's also some people that just, I don't know. They- <laughs> yeah. But now you have like plenty of friends that are, yes. you know, in the, in the same field. Yes, it's amazing. And that's why I love this sport as well. I mean, you can make friends just going to the gym, but like the sport really just brings everyone together. And I feel like that's what also separates powerlifting from like, uh, what do you call it? Physique, bodybuilding? It's a little bit different, huh? Yeah, it's different because I feel like bodybuilding, everyone just judges each other. Like, oh, look at her, you know, her abs, like, and all this stuff. Like, with powerlifting-wise, everyone just lifts each other up. Everyone's so welcoming um, if you need this. Like, I remember my first powerlifting meet, I didn't bring a lot of stuff, actually. I didn't bring baby powder. I didn't bring um, a foam roller. And everyone was so nice. Like, everyone was so willing to, you know, just let you borrow their stuff. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone's so nice. And it comes to social media and the people you meet at these meets, they reach out to you like with training and everything. Like, you know, they see how you're doing. I just don't know why I feel like bodybuilding isn't like that. It's intimidating. Bodybuilding is intimidating. I guess I can, I can sort of see that with powerlifting. It definitely seems like a lot more fun because right. Everyone cheers everybody on. Right. And no one's even like, your everybody competitor. Has, everybody has body fat. Yes. Like, like their, even their, their your own food. like competition, you're cheering them on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so different. It's kind of annoying with, with all like the insults and stuff and like powerlifting, <laughs> you know, am like, I insulting you? <laughs> no, not at all. Because like, I, I just do like physique coaching. I don't like competing. I don't like the process of like prep and, mm-hmm. and being that hardcore which is 100% necessary if you're going to be like competitive at yeah. any level but no it's not insulting at all um <laughs> but the thing with like powerlifting I wish I could do it it's just I have like a bulging disc in my back and oh, also like I think I have some uh, tendonitis in my right knee so I can't squat <laughs> either so oh yeah an impingement on my right shoulder you're so it's grandpa like, I know old man over but here but I also have like very long limbs it's, <laughs> yeah it's you, very difficult for me like, <laughs> it would be in your weight like, class like one situation where I'd rather be petite <laughs> and that's what everyone says like even Q um, he's just like my boyfriend he's just like everyone Q's 6'3 or 6'4 6'3 okay yeah and everyone's asking him like when are you going to compete in powerlifting because your girlfriend does and he's just like Everyone who powerlifts are like, like little. <laughs> I'm just like, they don't say that. And he's just like, they are though. Like they're smaller than me. Like their range of motion is nothing compared to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, if I were to squat, that's a long way down and a long way up. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, it's just not made for the way my body is. Do you think you'll ever do a bikini competition? Yes, most Ooh. definitely. Because that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what um, I originally wanted to do. 
to gain muscle because I was always in, you know, whopping 91, 92 pounds. I wanted to gain muscle. So I actually got into bikini and just did like some training programs on the internet. I found that it was really boring because it was just a whole bunch of hypertrophy work with lightweight. You're curling 10 pounds over and over. And to me, all I cared about was heavy lifting. So I wanted to I wanted to be that badass little girl in the gym that curls like 35, 40 pound dumbbells. <laughs> so and with that being said, I'm also very competitive and I always wanted to squat like a really big number. So on social media, when I saw powerlifting was a thing, I hopped on that really quick, really, really quick. So how long have you been doing powerlifting? Oh, for almost two and a half years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hire a coach right away or did you no, try to like, so figure it out? No, so my first meet, I had no coach. I've just been like doing my own thing in the gym. I had no guidance. Like the last week, like the week before the meet, that's whenever I reached out to someone was like, okay, I really need help. What do I need to bring? What do I need to wear? What do I need to buy? How do I select my attempts? for squat, bench, and deadlift. And the person coaching me now, Michael Jin, he actually did like a peak week for me to prep me for, to get into like not overwork your muscles and to just get me ready for the meet. But other than that, that meet, I just selected all the attempts by myself. You're pretty strong, aren't you? Like, what are your numbers? Recently, squat is like 247, bench is 132, and deadlift is 295. What's your weight class? 104. Oh, it's not bad at all. Eh, I mean, it's double body weight, but there's like much stronger people out there in my weight class. It's a work in progress. Yes, it is. Yeah, and you've been doing it for like two and a half years, so you still have like... Yeah, I feel like I, you know, kind of got it going on for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. How long <laughs> do you plan on doing powerlifting? Um, I say probably another year, but... um, Before you like retire? Or I don't think so, because so I took a whole year off for off season. And during that off season, I still did the main lift, squat, bench and deadlift. So Q was telling me, I don't think you should ever cap yourself off to say, you know, maybe I'll do it for another year or two years. He was like, because I really see that you love it. I mean, your off season, you were still squatting, benching and deadlifting. He was just like, just don't cap yourself off. Like once you know that you want to just like, you know, slowly walk away from it, then you'll know. So I don't, I say a year, but I know I shouldn't. (laughs) So what would you say is your main goal with powerlifting? The Um, end goal. You got me on that one. (laughs) Did you want to go to Worlds? Okay, that was my goal. It's very competitive going to Worlds. And whenever I stepped on a national platform last year, I really, really, really didn't think it was going to be as competitive as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it scared me shitless. Like, I, and people ask me, like, okay, so you're getting back into competing. Are you going to go to nationals next year? And I'm just like, honestly, I really don't know. Like, I do it for fun because I really do love it. And I know my competitive side wants to go to Worlds. But it's just so competitive and it'll take me some time to get there. And there's a lot of things I also want to do, you know, with all that time going to be taken up to go to Worlds. Like I said, I also want to do bikini. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what my goal, my ultimate goal is to just deadlift 300. (laughs) 
So once you do that, you're like, I'm yeah, once I do that, I'm just like, holy crap. Like this was my goal since day one because I already accomplished my goals for squat, which was, you know, two plates, 225 and then 135 for bench. I just wanted to be that girl to, you know, bench a plate. What was your deadlift again? Um, 295. But I, I think I tried for 297 at um, nationals and it almost got up, but it was a failed attempt. Because I dropped the bar. Oh, so you're so close. I was so close. So I know. But in my mind, I'm like, dang, once I reach that 300, am I going to want to go for 350? That would take like, what, another year or two? Yeah. So mm. I don't know. It's just never ending. Like once you reach a certain goal, you're just like, man, like that just lit a fire under my ass. Like I want more now. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. One other topic I really wanted to get into, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, was interracial <laughs> dating because you are dating an African-American who's like... Q's an awesome dude. I've met him plenty of times. <laughs> he's Super so nice lovable. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's so easy to get along with. How'd you guys meet? Um, at the gym. Mm. Yes, at the gym. Um, I was squatting one day and he came up to me and told me, those are some really good squats. And ever since that day, like, we've just kept our eye on each other. Like, I could see him staring at me from across the gym. Mm -hmm. I'll be staring at him sometimes. A year later, he found me on Instagram on the Explore page, and he reached out to me via DMs, and he was just like, I found you on the gram. He's like, hey, girl, I found you on the gram. I was like, oh, hey. So who was really, like, initiating the most? He was. He, he, he was very consistent. Very, very, very consistent. Like every morning you wake up and there's Q. Gosh, yes, good morning. And I'm just like, first of all, why are you up so early? Because I, I don't get up as early as him. So every morning was just like, good morning, you know, have a great day. And I was like, you're not going to stop, are you? You didn't feel he was, like, very, like, stalkerish? No. No. no, but because you liked him too. Yes, I did. I I found he was very attractive. He has an amazing personality, but at the time it was just, I just wasn't looking. I wouldn't say looking for anything. He kind of caught me off guard because I was with someone at the time, and um, he I guess he sensed that I wasn't with him anymore. So that's when he was like, "Oh, this is my time to you know shoot my shot." But I like after I told him, he was still very consistent. He at least wanted to be my friend, and um, a couple things happened with that relationship, and it didn't end up working out. So as soon as that ended, um, I fell into his arms. <laughs> Gotcha. The reason I'm curious about this topic is because my dad's Spanish and my mom's Chinese, so I'm a mixed kid. With with your parents, since you're you're Asian, how did they handle that with you dating an African American? Um, well, before they met Q, I was in a relationship with an also an African American for nine years. And I was very young at the time. The relationship started in middle school. So obviously my parents were like, you know, this is, you know, she's not serious. She's not a grown up to even know what she wants. Like, Quit playing. <laughs> yes. Like doesn't even know what she wants. Like she needs to, you know, get her shit right. You know, get into college and figure out what she wants to do in the future before she actually can tell what she wants like what she really wants and what's good for her. So I guess they didn't really take that relationship seriously, but they always told me you're not going to marry an African-American. Like they've told me over and over. And, you know, being young and naive, I was like, well, I've been with this guy um, for a very long time and I do see him in my future. And, you know, you grow up, things change and no longer in that relationship. And, you know, they knew about it, that the relationship ended and everything. And once I started talking to Q, they were just like, another one? Mm -hmm. They were like, you're still on to African-Americans? I'm just like, yes, like, I'm sorry. Like, he has an amazing personality. Like, what can I say? 
um, I brought him around and they actually really, really loved him. But honestly, I think it's because we're both grown now and he his career path, like they see that it's stable. So he's a, a corporate manager. Okay. Yeah. So um, my dad's just like, okay, I guess he's, you know, legit, has his shit together. And I think that's why they're okay with it now. Also with, you know, interracial couple being everywhere now. Um, I guess they're more open to it. Yeah. I mean, judging by your stories, they seem like, I think I saw your like, <laughs> mom like playing with his hair. Yeah. My mom loves him to death. Like she loves him. And my mom was never the issue. My mom always wanted the best for me. I'm a mama's girl. So she was always there for me. Whenever my dad didn't agree with certain things, she would have my back. It was just my dad because my dad's the man of the house, obviously. And my mom's just like, you you know, like if whatever you do, just make sure it's what you want and you're happy because it always comes back to her. If my dad doesn't agree with anything, it always comes back to my mom. And my mom would have to come talk to me about it. How are Q's parents with you? Um, they love me, honestly. They always said they would. Ne- they never thought they would see him with an Asian girl, but they, they love me. Is that Q's first Asian girl? Yes, is it, you? it is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. How was that for him? Actually, this is a really good topic. Um, it was different because he couldn't understand. Like when we first started talking, I was 22, still had a curfew, 1030. And he, he just, he was so confused. He was just like, you're 21. And in the Asian culture, it doesn't matter how old you are. It does not. Like if you're still under your parents' roof, you go by their rules. Yeah. So with him, he was just like, you're 21. Like, I don't understand why you have to. He was like, I don't understand why you still have to be under their wing. You're 21. You're capable of doing whatever you want and all that. And I was just like, like, I live under my parents' roof. Like, you have to understand that. But with him, he was just like, okay, I still, I do too. But they still give me like a lot of, you know, comfort space. And also with him, like with the culture and everything, like it's so new to him, Mm -hmm. but he loves it because it's different. And are you used to his culture? Yeah, it's just normal. Like what you see on TV. Like, What do you mean by that? (laughs) Like just like a normal family that's very open, you know, like with him, like coming over to his house, like you don't ring the doorbell, you don't knock, you just walk straight in. Okay. Also with wearing shoes in the house, like they're just very an Americanized family. Yeah. Like what you see in like the movies, like in TV and stuff. Are there a lot of Vietnamese traditions that you do that you had to like get involved in? I think I saw like a big family like dinner. Was it Moon Day or um, something? I, no, it, it wasn't a spe- any specific day. But I think he has been over for Chinese New Year's. Okay. And his thing was he always wanted to go see the dragon dance. You know about that, right? Yeah. The dragon dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he hasn't got to see that yet, but he really wants to. So I think that's gonna be in the books for next year but um with like family and stuff like he came over to dinner and how my family do dinner whenever a lot of people are over it's like a big old table and everyone sits together and it's like a buffet style right um it's not like you go fix your own plate and you all go and sit down and stuff like that everything is just laid out on the table for you and you just everyone just picks at it as they go and Uh to him he was just like this is really different like this is so much fun because you're interacting with people with different people Mm -hmm. sitting in that big table so um his parents even said that they love that idea 
Is he used to the food? Oh, um, at first, no. Like, I still show him new things here and there, but he could eat a lot of stuff. Like, 98% of the stuff I show him, he's able to eat. What's a few types of weird food that come to your mind that he had to, like, get used to? Um, well, first it was the fish sauce. Hmm. Everyone, everyone always... Like fish sauce. Yeah, everyone always asks, like, does he, is he able to eat fish sauce? And I'm like, at first he was like, it does smell really fishy. And he's weird when it gets to smells. Mm-hmm. Super weird. And he was just like, how do you make this into fish sauce? And he was just like, what's fishy about it? Like, what, what is this? Like, what's the ingredients? And honestly, I don't even know. Do you? I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't see? know if it's like the, the oils of the fish. <laughs> I don't know. It's the weirdest thing ever. So um, <laughs> over time, he like got used to it because it was literally in everything that we eat. Mm-hmm. So when he smells it now, it doesn't even bother him. So that was the one thing. And then when I showed him tapioca, also known as... Like boba? Boba, mm-hmm. yeah. That was really different to him too. Like whenever he first took a sip and like chewed the tapioca yeah, ball, he was just texture. like, this is very slimy and chewy. And he was just like, this is like a drink and a snack. <laughs> I can never forget that. <laughs> yeah, because like when you grow up Asian, you get so used to like all these weird like textures and, and stuff like that. And then when you show it to other people, they don't really know what to think of it. Yeah, like it's like they don't want to offend you, but they want to try it. But he's he's very good with trying new things. Um, Thank God, because I can't be with someone who doesn't like trying new things, especially with, you know, the Asian culture. There's a lot of weird things that we eat. Do you guys eat uh, black woodier fungus? Do you know what I'm talking about? You put it in water and it like... Yes, yes, yes. So my yeah. mom puts that in the egg rolls and he loves her egg rolls. Mm-hmm. Also, like... He's really country. He's from Mississippi. So he's used to like pig intestines and pig snout and chicken feet, all oh, of that. See, I can't, I can't eat that stuff. You can't? I no, can, I, I can eat it. I just can't do the chicken feet. I, I don't do chicken feet either. Oh, it just looks so gross. Oh, oh there's nails on <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's the nail that gets me in the little goosebumps you see on the chicken. Oh, no, 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 God. I don't touch those. And I love dim sum. I love going out to dim sum, but there's, all the rest of the family, they'll, there's they'll chicken order chicken feet. feet at dim sum. <laughs> I know. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he doesn't eat us either. No, he does. Oh. He eats all of that. Okay. Yeah, he could eat way more of those weird things than I do. Well, Tiff, this has been fun. Covered a lot of stuff. What are your plans for the future? Plans for the future. Start a clothing line that's actually in the works right now. So I'm just hoping it goes really well. For powerlifters or um, just, just a general apparel? General fitness apparel where everyone and anyone can wear. You don't have to be a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, you know, to wear the clothing. I feel like a lot of clothing nowadays, like it's like geared towards a specific sport. And I just want this for like everyone to be able to wear. Like when it comes to soccer moms, like, you know, and just anyone to wear and just travel a lot. That's the only thing. Like I see my coaching business going really well as well. Travel where? Is that curiosity? Um, I really want to go to Singapore. So that's on the list. Singapore, Bangkok, just out of the country. I think our number one goal is to go on an Alaskan cruise too. Have you been to Vietnam? Yes, I have. Whenever I was 12. You plan on going back? I hated it when I was 12, but I really want to go back now for all the fresh food that you see. Like Mm. everyone just posting on social media and the beach and just the scenery. Like I would really go want to go back now. It's just the flight there is so long. I don't know how I'll be able to do that. How long is it? Um, 18? 20. 
20 hours 20 like, yeah what do, you, what do you do for that long <laughs> i know exactly like i remember getting off that plane whenever i was 12 and my my butt was so sore like i didn't want to sit down for a very long time like it was it was the worst that flight is the worst but other than that i do want to go back and experience everything my dad's side of the family is all over there so i also want to see if my vietnamese got better too because when i went over there at 12 they couldn't really understand any That's of my vietnamese. I forgot to ask. do you speak vietnamese I can speak it. Apparently, everyone in Vietnam, they're saying it's very, I guess, whitewashed to them. But I I can understand it more than I can speak it, though. But if you were to ask me to say one sentence, I don't think I can. Like, I'm good with... with when I talk to my mom, it's like broken English and Vietnamese. Okay, see, I speak to my mom in English because, like, I can understand Chinese. So she'll, like, talk Chinese to me and I understand it. But... I used to be fluent in it when I was like three, but then I stopped using it and I like left. I could probably say like a sentence here and there, you know, okay, weird situations Okay, so you're just like me, yeah. Yeah, but like I never speak Chinese to her, interestingly enough. Like at all? Nah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I do. Well, her English is very good. I mean, she's been in this country for a while. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you know, my parents' English isn't very well. Like whenever I had Kenna, my friend, come with us to lunch um, last week, and she was like, you speak a lot more Vietnamese than I thought you would. And in my mind, I was like, I really speak it that much? Because I don't realize it, you know? Because to me, it's like half Vietnamese and half English. Like, it's just, I mix both of them in a sentence. Yeah. But to her, she was like, you actually speak a lot of Vietnamese, and I never knew that. I was like, well, okay then. Can you speak with, like, a Vietnamese accent? Like, say something, like, super funny? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> like, if you were to try to, like, say an American sentence in, uh, <laughs> with, like, broken Vietnamese? Like, whenever they're just like, I do your nail, honey. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> No, I don't think I can do that very well. No. No. <laughs> that one was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, Tiff, uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, just look me up on Instagram. Lift like Tiff is the handle. No website? Mm, well, my website is under construction right now. So, okay. so just, if people want to like reach out to you for like, coaching and stuff, they just DM you? Yeah, just email me. It's, on my bi- it's in my bio and everything. I will have a website up in the next three months. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Tiff. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on iTunes. I can't tell you how much it helps new people discover the show. You can also follow me on Instagram at David underscore Iglesias to stay updated on new episodes. Thanks again, and I'll catch you in the next one.